Hey campers, this episode of the Sex Nerds Under podcast is brought to you by adamandeve.com, promo code, do it, sex nerd, type it in, get stuff, 50% off almost any item, nerd out, free shipping, that's sexy, free shipping is sexy, period, three free DVDs and a super secret gift, I will tell you, one of you was wonderful enough to let me know that you got a DVD for free from Adam and Eve that had a CGI dinosaur in it. There, there was magic and history lessons in your porn. I love it. Anyway, um, celebrating the lesbian episode, I was checking out dual stimulators in that a toy that goes inside the body with a vibrator on the outside, somebody else can also press up against that outside vibrator part. Pretty handy. The Leaf Vitality Rechargeable Massager is $140. I noticed it because the design is quite nice. I like it. I like that the handle doesn't get in the way. Metal grade silicone. I've seen other toys in this line, and they're quite powerful. So check it out. Again, use promo code SEXNERD at adamandeve.com. You get 50% off almost any item. Free shipping, three free DVDs, and that super secret gift. All right, enjoy the show. Hey, naughty monkeys. Okay, if you're listening to this right now, I realize that you and I may never meet. Some of us might. It's true. Around the world, we may meet. It could be at the 100th episode show that's coming up on June 27th. It could be um, at a tour date later this year. It could be uh, at the grocery store. There, there are ways that you and I may run into each other. Workshops, for example, coaching. This week, something really funny happened where one of the listeners uh, who live in the L.A. area invited me on Facebook to a house party he was having. And the look on his face when I walked through the door and he saw me was, like, absolutely priceless. Like, I didn't know anyone there. I just was like, why not meet somebody who I've interacted with on Twitter? Why not? What? And so I ended up having a great time at a party, like any party like you would you would throw. Um, so that was hysterical, fun, random, and cool because it's LA. Why not meet more people? There's tons of great people here. Anyway, that segues into boom. June 27th, Busby's East. Come out, join us. Go to bodystorytelling.com to get your tickets. Uh, it's on Eventbrite. You can, I'll be posting it on the Facebook, Sex Nerd Sandra page, etc., etc., all the links. But only once in our lifetime will there be 100 episodes, a whole beautiful number, and we will be celebrating it through storytelling. Reed Mahalko, uh, Ned Mayhem, two amazing sex geeks, smart, hilarious, will be coming down to share their magic with us. Now, here's a question. Do you have to be a sex geek or kinky to come to the 100th episode show? Hmm? What do you think? No, of course not. This storytelling show is not about who's the kinkiest or who did the craziest thing or what. I mean, of course, we will be talking about that too. But it's about the fact that we all get nervous. We all take chances sometimes. I'm going to be talking about the mistakes I make, and they are hysterical mistakes. I mean, they weren't hysterical at the time, but I mean, telling you on stage, somehow that's okay. So, yes, please come out. It's 12 bucks, and it's going to be great. Next, I, I need to put a big asterisk next to this, but thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you to you, 
everyone who has commented on iTunes, shared this podcast with their friends. It is so meaningful to see your blog posts about it, your Facebook comments, but especially iTunes, stuff that keeps the podcast in the public eye, up in the ratings, and the reviews that you write are heartwarming, especially all the five-star reviews. Oh, just hug you. I appreciate it. From the bottom of my heart, it melts me. And really, if you want to warm my heart, iTunes comment. Just putting it out there. Sorry, Android friends. You are welcome here, too. So speaking of uh, super, super good time and fun time, um, this episode is a very long episode compared to our others because there is so much good stuff going on. I couldn't even handle it. Um, Cameron Esposito, she is amazing. She's a hilarious comic. Um, apparently, she was named one of the top 12 LA comedy acts to watch in 2013 by LA Weekly. So that's amazing. She's also been on TBS's Just for Laughs. She's been at South by Southwest, Aspen Rooftop, Bridgetown Comedy Fest on NPR's The Sound of Young America. She's been all over the place. She's a smart, smart, she's so smart. Her brain is amazing, and she's hilarious. So uh, get ready for Cameron Esposito to be up in your earbuds. P.S. Cameron. Okay, I knew she was coming over and we were going to podcast, and I happened to have some very intense hickeys going on at the time and I did not feel like putting on any makeup on them to cover them up and so and I have my hair down and I was also wondering if she would call me out on that action and she didn't so I don't know if she actually noticed but there was Hickey Town USA we need to talk about how not to give your friends hickeys when you're making out because you know what that's not cool not cool um Unless you're into that sort of thing, of course. Also, please note, as we are talking on this episode, secrets, spoilers, we get hotter and hotter and hotter. Not in the sexy way. The room starts getting really hot. So by the end of the episode, we just, I I can't not get tell secrets because I have no filter by the end of the episode. It's just, it's so hot in that room, but it actually ends up being a very fun end of this episode. So enjoy that. And finally, and finally, we're getting to the episode now. Please note that the beautiful thing about this episode is that we're talking about something that's universal. The fact that when you get into the bedroom, you're not that experienced, you might feel nervous and you might feel uncertain about what you're supposed to do or what's expected of you. It's not specific to orientation, it's not specific to gender, it's just something that naturally happens. And it's fun to talk about, so enjoy this episode. Go Team Fun! Now entering Nerdist.com Welcome to the Sex Nerd Sandra Podcast! Whoa, what are these kids doing in here? Hey, if you're under 18, go ask your mom. Now that we're alone, let's start the show. No, you're doing fine. Yeah? I also use a Zoom for several 
uh, podcasty reasons, and it's it's really fun, isn't it? Do you feel kind of like a what? Like, a, don't you feel like a you're like getting the scoop? Yeah, I, like you should be wearing a trench coat. Like you're like, get over here! I can give me the scoop. You know, like it's a little bit. Tell me about all the underground circles of yeah. like, fisting business. Yeah, we're on the street. Right. Is. It's a, it's a super yeah, especially when you're talking to a lesbian, it always feels. So, uh, have we started the show? Are we started recording? Because if so, I almost want to start by asking you a question. Ooh, oh, is that weird? Yeah, no. no, you should start. Yes, you no. should start. I love. Okay, you can ask me anything you want. Wow. Okay. Um, so why am I on the show today? That was the question. Because I liked your. You emailed me. Mm-hmm. I'm Cameron Esposito, also, and that's. I maybe mean, I don't know if I should say that, but anyway, yes, I said it. Um, you emailed me. <laughs> To say that you wanted to chat. So what do you want to chat about specifically? I'm curious about what your angle is on it. I have been getting a decent amount of girl action lately. And I use girl loosely. I realize gender-wide that could be problematic in some gender conversation circles. But you know what I'm going to say? Girl sex. Girl hookups. Females. There's been a lot of women in my life. And I have experienced a level of... hmm. I used to be really nervous when it came to hooking up with women. I mean, I figured out what I figured out and, and dating them. and But there was always this level of feeling like I didn't quite know what to do. Even as a sex educator, there was still this feeling that people expected me to know because I'm a woman. Because I've read a ton and I have had a certain amount of experience, especially with my own body, that it should just come naturally. And there's not a whole lot of – there's a lot of – not a lot of conversation around people hooking up, especially if it's like a one night or you know a couple months. So recently I was like, oh my God, I'm having all of these epiphanies about being with another female body, especially because I feel like what my body needs is so different. So I was like, I would like to have a conversation. And I remember you, Cameron, <laughs> as having a, a hysterical stand-up routine and you just mentioned that... A, you were talking about something about your hands and genitals being the same yeah. and in a way where I, no one – like people laughed, but I was the only one that laughed, like the knowing laugh <laughs> of everyone in the room. I did the, the that laugh and I could not hear anyone else doing like the same species call. Well, I think it's – I think that actually that's an education issue to speak to what you specifically do and are familiar with. I mean I – so it's like a joke about um, my hands being – yeah, like my dick. That's 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 literally <laughs> the word that I use on stage, and uh, and my parents have totally heard that joke too because they listen to that. It's that that I've also put that on a podcast. It's terrible. I'm sorry, mom and dad, but anyway, it's okay. Also, because just not only just to mention anything about dicks in front of parents. I don't know. Are you like? Do you feel like you can talk about? Do you feel like you can say the word dick to your parents? Anyway, I have accidentally <laughs> through their earbuds, but um. No, what they I gotta learn someday. They do right? have to learn someday. Not, I don't. It's not just. I feel like any dick. I just want to run away from around uh, parents. But no, I, I do think there's a, a really. So that joke specifically speaks to this weird misinformation that when women are sleeping together, it's like, I don't know. It's like two marshmallows smashing together or something. You know, like where there's no penetration and there's no uh, forcefulness to it or. Um, that it doesn't look like penetrative heterosexual sex. And I actually think that, um, 
Like, there is no standard way that sex looks, but it's also, like, two bodies together and there's general thrusting. Those are the two things that happen in a lot of sex acts, bodies and thrusting, and it looks like that. And it's, like, shocking to me that people think – people ask me a lot of weird questions because I'm out and I'm on stage and I'm talking about my life. I get a lot of questions, and, and I also think that um, – Lesbian porn, and I am using air quotes, like lesbian porn is does a really huge disservice to women who sleep with women also. Because anything that falls under like an internet category of lesbian porn is not lesbian porn. It's like women with long fingernails that are not really having sex with each other. Let me see the fingernails. Oh, they're very they really short. short yeah. How often do you cut your fingernails? <laughs> like all the time, man. Why would you want? Do you file too? Well, I just keep them really clean yeah. and short because yeah, it's they're, your they're dick. Good. You know, you don't want any. Right. You don't want any sharp things on there. Although um, uh, I have seen some people where they keep one hand real short and the other hand long, <laughs> uh, just slightly. But don't you think that's slightly grosser? Can I ask you a question? Is that grosser to you? Because then you know like- which hand. <laughs> that's gross. No. Okay. No. But, both- but you do have a dominant hand. True, and the other hand, the na- why the reason that you would keep your nails longer on the other hand Coke. is for sensation. No, I'm just I'm just, oh, it's so for sensation. So I guess kinky. Yeah. Okay. I, well, then I don't mean to shame any kinksters. <laughs> no, it's weird to have it on one hand, but at the same time, handy. Yeah. Yes. Lit- literally, the definition <laughs> of handy. Um, sure. Okay. Yes, that makes sense for sensation. I get that. Um, more so, just that's just money that you would. Then you have to. Then do you shake with your? You know what I mean. Like, do you, I wonder which hand you have. But anyway, you want. We do have a dominant hand. We do have a dominant hand. I think a lot of women do. Um, and it looks like what you would imagine. You know, when like Brad Pitt in a movie is with a woman, it looks like that. But women. Okay, I do you disagree? No, I'm taking it all in because I can see there is fire in your eyes. You yeah. are saying it all. Like it's just there's it's annoying because there is this assumption about what women on women on girl sex looks like and it's just I imagine that male female sex it's like Legos like click. Like there is something to go click. Yeah. And cuz you don't have the click for some reason then why are you there? Like, like what's- Well, you do have the click. I mean, I guess what I would say is that I know not all women do the same thing, but also not all straight couples do the same thing and not all gay couples do this, that, that, are, that are men do the same thing. So I think, um, yes, it is a different... I mean, you're not doing genital on genital Lego action, which gay men can do, mm-hmm. uh, and also heterosexual couples can do. But, like, you still are... That's why you use your hand because then you're like connected. It's a it's a way of connecting to that person um, in that specific way. Or mm. or you can buy something to you have. You can that. buy lots of things. Also, I've talked to enough women about what they like to get off, and a lot of them don't necessarily want anything inside their body. See, I am interested in that because I are those those women that you've talked to that you feel like fall in that category. Um, gay women. Generally? I've talked to gay women, bi women, pansexual women, straight women. And definitely, I've noticed that when it comes to, because I have had a lot of experience working in an adult store, a lot of lesbian couples, I mean, there's definitely the size queens that want them real big, but a lot of them tend to size down to much smaller or don't want anything inside them. But there's plenty that do. That's interesting to me. It's really... 
I guess it's leaving space for everyone. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, well, I guess what I would say to that is like, I think there's women across the board who, yeah, don't appreciate the sensation of like, of, of having something inside of them. But, um, I wonder if for those women, if there isn't something, it almost, and this is not like with a judgment, but it almost is, that sounds like a reaction to the heterosexual world that we live in because I, I feel like a lot of people like a lot of different things I mean I don't even use like you're using the term girl sex I think it's just all sex like we're all we're all just having sex mm-hmm. uh no matter who your partner is and also no matter what you like I, I think it's very strange also that there's a lot of assumption based on what the sex of your partner is that you would do okay. or be into certain things and right. so I just think it's like it's super variable but I do think that for women that sleep with women at some point in their life they, especially women that exclusively sleep with women, they probably felt uh, terrible about that because it's not something that society wants you to do. You know, you're yeah. when you're a kid, nobody is saying, hey, if this turns out fucking rad, you know, like nobody's stoked on it for you. It feels like something you have to you have to take back, like reclaim your. So why why the specific uh, uptick in your in your ladies lately? Like, is it just a happenstance, or is there some some reason? Um, most of my adult, or most of my relationships, the people I was with were not okay with me exploring in that way. Mm. And about two years ago, I made a strong decision in my life to make more space in the way I relate to the people that I want to date. In saying this is so you're who I saying am. I want to have multiple partners, and before that, that was not something that you were indicating. Exactly, was a priority to you, or it just wasn't okay, and I yeah. just let it go. So it was kind of like, at some point you start realizing what you need in your life. Um, but I think also just in terms of yeah, communities that I've been around, it just like I'll show up at a party, I'll be like, oh no, it's a sexy party. Okay, oh hey. Susie or whoever and it's just and then it turns that way it's like all right that happened that was awesome so as you started moving towards like sort of uh, having uh other explorations outside of your primary relationship or primary relationships was it uh, was it men as well or is it just like women are the outside thing that you can dabble in it's evolved a lot like I mean and people who listen know that I've gone through this like polyamory thing and figuring stuff out dating single and committed relationships and the last two years because I've been doing this podcast for about a year and a half or so um even though sometimes I keep it vague because you know you guys like up in my grill sometimes about my love life um people will be like oh well I'm coming to LA no any sex parties it's like no no we're I am not inviting because we're only because you're not friends that's the only reason it's (laughs) gross just the like I don't know well, you, I, don't, I mean, also, it's – I love that people have assumptions about people who are – who express being sexually active with one more than one partner and maybe being slut-shamed and whatnot. But, like, the pool of people that I actually pull from is so small. Right. I guess that's what I mean is that uh, – so you're not open to, like, write-in write in suggestions or, or – right, No, or, no. <laughs> so, or just, just – uh, just like a just like a Twitter direct message and hey you know um, dude yeah I get you dude somebody who is a Facebook friend who's a listener because you have a certain amount of people who Facebook friend you mm-hmm. we ended up playing uh, not words with friends but um, 
I don't know, one of those games was Wheel of Fortune and asked me to like if he want if I wanted to hook up through a game. <laughs> it was so weird. It was you so want to weird. solve the puzzle and the puzzle was let's have sex with each other. <laughs> it was so Bunch weird. of vowels. Anyway, we're totally off topic. Um, I like that you have issue with the term girl sex and and the assumption that sex outside of a male female concept would have to have some sort of um, extra word onto it to help define yeah. it because sex is sex. But I think it's nice as somebody who is new to just any sexual activity where they know, okay, I'm a girl, they're a guy, I have no idea what to do, but at some point their penis is going to get inside me. And at least I have some sort of trajectory of knowledge of what might happen. Kissing to start me. And of course that kind of linear thinking ends up getting boring for some people. Sure. A little bit stagnant. Um, It's really narrow in terms of definition of what you can do. There's lots of problems with that. But there's at least some kind of concept of that. And penis and vag, it's a little bit like, okay, now it's in. Let's just kiss a while and um, figure things out. Maybe it wasn't that great, but okay, we're at least doing it and figuring it out. When it's, like for me, when I, especially when I first started, it's like, oh, oh, thank God I have this toy. Let's use this toy together because I had no That's idea what to do. Well, okay, so I'm trying to I'm trying to get on board with what you're saying only because, so it's been... A really long time since I uh, dated men at all. And I did have, like, boyfriends, but because I'm, like, super not uh, really – on the spectrum, I'm very uh, oriented towards women. And so, like, it wasn't very fulfilling or exploratory mm-hmm. sexual. I was just kind of like, uh, can we stop now? Because I want to watch more of the movie. You know, like, I just was never really into it. So my point is – since being with women, I am, like, super um, chatty. Mm-hmm. Like, I ask what people are into. And I feel like one thing that's awesome about women – and I don't know – I mean, I I think there's also a really big difference between uh, bi, bi women and gay women. Because I think gay women are really used to talking to other gay women. And there's, uh, like, a mode of behavior that's very – I mean, you've – so if you are an out gay woman – and you are living your life every day as a gay woman? Yes, tell us everything. Yeah. Well, if you're an out gay woman and you're living your life every day as a gay woman, you have to deal with so much shit. I mean, you have to deal with, like, looking good still for men. Because if you don't look good for, like, the whole of society, then you're shat upon. So you have to look good enough for men, but also attractive to women. Which is different. You have to be able to balance both of those things. And you also have to be, like, approachable. You know, because you have to still fit in the world. When you um, say approachable, do you mean... Not so badass looking that you look dangerous. Like, what does that mean? I mean, I guess it's just like so. Uh, well, I'll say this: I've dated. Uh, so I have an asymmetrical haircut, and I have for a bunch of years. It's long on one side, and I have dated women with short hair for mm-hmm. a bunch of years. And I watch how they are treated and how I am treated. I literally don't even have long hair on both sides of my head. <laughs> I just have, like, one area of long hair. And um, I also date women who are typically, like, pretty. Mm-hmm. Like, they have pretty faces, but then, like, very masculine, uh, car- like, carrying themselves and, like, super masculine hair. It's really wild to see how people interact with them. Because some men will still want to tell them, like, hey, 
I still see that you're pretty. Like I Whoa. see that. I see like I see like, hey, you know what? You got a beautiful face. So it's like still that need to affirm that mm. that they're pretty. But then also other people are really interested in the fact that it's like this kind of gender bendy thing mm. and people will get really stoked on that and like kind of praise that but not know how to like I watch I've watched men and women interact with these women. I, I don't really run exactly that same like I'm not you wouldn't People wouldn't be confused. If they see me in a bathroom, they're not like, is that a dude in here? You're not so gender ambiguous that people are like, wait a minute, where do you I have kind of a curvy bod and I wear tighter clothes. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, um, I would say that I, I mean, right now I have long flowing femi hair, but I cut my hair really short for a number of years. And and it's amazing how different people treat you. And I actually, part of the reason I did that was because I liked going through the world in that way. It's crazy. People have no concept for how to – and the weird thing is that I don't even think that – so I know this is bad, but, like, okay, so the ultra-femi dude, mm-hmm. that guy is laughed at, but he has a place in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, that Liberace movie just came out, and Michael Douglas is getting, you know, accolades for being like, oh, my God, I can't <laughs> believe – I can't believe – and, I mean, Will and Grace, and – like, every gay character that's a dude, or not every, but many gay characters that are a dude, they play that over-the-top queenie. And they have a social value, and they fit in as the best friend, or at whatever. At least it's a best friend, or at least it's, like, funny. And I'm not saying that's good, because it's still, I still think that's, like, shaming and laughing at that person. But at least there's, like, an example of that. Like, the ultra-butch dyke. They don't feel safe That's yet. not even a thing that, yeah, the word safe is really good. That's not even a thing that's, like, safe to be mm-hmm. um, on TV or, like walking around the world so my point is just to say that like i think women that sleep with women this is all a really long way of saying women that exclusively sleep with women um have had to come out they've had to live their lives every day as a gay woman and i think that like when you just get in the bedroom my experience has been that people are what ready to like talk and figure it out because you've already navigated so many things just to get to that point it's like hey what are you into is this something you're into or does this work for you is this happening right now? What would you like to do next? Do you want to do that? I don't know. Just like, mm-hmm. I mean, also women are chatty. So you get two women together. It's true. That um, spend a lot of time with women. And you're going to be really fucking chatty. I had a, a major epiphany moment a while ago where, I mean, I mainly, I'm a normal person, but I realize I don't want to talk about my experiences where I'm in a room with maybe more than one naked person at a time, just <laughs> hanging out for whatever reason. It's not my norm, but sometimes that does happen. But I was just hanging out with uh, with some gals, and we're all topless. And so you're just hanging out with some okay. gals. Okay, that was just a great. I love the presentation <laughs> on that. That was great. I like just downplay. Yeah, it's so I'm just we were just topless because for no reason. Yeah. So so we're all naked pants. I don't remember how, but I just was like. And, of course, I like to poll people in all situations about their thoughts about relationships and Oh, really? That's awesome. That makes me so happy. Yeah, it's because everyone is different. Totally. And I've always had a problem with people playing with the very top of my nipple. Always. It's just like it – I mean, it's just – it's too much sensation. And I realized – I mean, maybe there was somebody touching somebody else in some sexual manner. But (laughs) we were all just hanging out in this moment. It chill. I'm like, okay, seriously, how do you like your nipples played with? Like, do you, and, and especially, like, the, the slight pinch, and I'm like, do you, like, real on the top? And all of them, I think there's four other women, were just like, oh, hell no. Like, and then we all figured out that huh. we all liked being pinched past the tip of the nipple. 
almost close to the base, like almost the areola. And that's how we liked to, to our breasts to be, nipples to be played with. And it was so much wonderful for me to be like, oh, I'm not wired so differently. Like, I found people who also like this and, and also, P.S., now I know how to play with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so that's kind of what I'm saying is that I specifically think that by women come into situations often thinking that they should know what they're doing. Yes. And I don't think that gay, but this was all to say that I don't think women, gay women have that hang up mm-hmm. because gay women, I think have enough experience to know that each partner is different. You're not supposed to know what you're doing just in this kind of freeing way. And I think that, I think that by women get really stressed out about that. And it's not, I don't think it's, a, my point is, I understand the stress is real, but I don't think the issue is real because I think if you just ask, most women can tell you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that experience was an example of that. Like, yeah. if you can fucking work up the guts, I know it's weird sometimes, mm-hmm. but like, I also think, I think talk, talking is actually really sexy in the bedroom. So I'm into that, mm-hmm. but like, I know not everybody's into that. Well, it feels connecting, but yes. not everyone has that. It's how you talk about sex. Because uh-huh. so often talking about sex can be and mean that you're talking about something negative. It's- yeah, or it can be for some reason it feels like a like a like a removal mm-hmm. from the moment as opposed to just um I just I feel like if you adjust your voice and if you adjust like your is. eye contact, yeah, I've got a really Squ- deep squinty, voice that I squinty. can super use. Yeah. Um, if you just adjust your voice and you adjust your eye contact and you mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be like it's like a separate I'm not suggesting stopping. And then getting out a notepad or anything. You know, I'm just suggesting, like, chatting it out in the mm-hmm. moment and yeah. seeing. I guess with hookups where it's like, oh, oh, I don't. Okay, this For is sure. happening. It's like, crap. Do I stop everything to do a check-in about, like, are you. Like, I like, I like yes, no questions. Like, are you quit, no quit, quit, no quit. It's like, mm, <laughs> It's more like. Well, what about just, do you like this? I mean, that's in every porn that has ever been made but because it's no, a super usable question. But there's no answer except yes. Most people, I don't hate to say most people, but often an open-ended question like that, sure. You don't want to hurt the person's feelings if you don't like it. Okay. So sometimes it's helpful to I direct am, a a or b. Okay, so I number 1 I totally hear what you're saying and number 2, I guess maybe the second part is like good listening skills and I'm not saying that you can't ask better questions. You can ask better questions, but I think you can also, like, try and discern what that person actually – I guess I'm With just the sounds, saying – The sounds? Let's, so let's say that you – let's say you can't say, do you like your nipples touched in this way? Like, let's say you – I'm just presenting several options for a listener because best case scenario, you can say, like, hey, are you really into having your nipples touched like this? And then it's a yes or no question. Mm-hmm. But, like, for a shyer mm-hmm. or a, for somebody that's on their way there asking, uh, do you like this, I think – yeah, like understanding that their body is going to respond in a way that tells you the answer just as much as what they're mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a part of negotiating sex that actually isn't talked about a lot, which is the understanding how to read your partner's body and their the things that they're not verbally saying to you that they're saying to you. I mean, that's a that's a huge uh, part that's something that I think we could train people to learn how to deal with sexual assault and preventing sexual assault if they could just understand 
more about what their partner is giving back to them. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't say no, but I'm saying that, like, we also should be able to know that, like, the person we're sleeping with should have some response to what we're doing. This should be, like, a good thing. Lying there without making any noise or barely breathing is... is that's a, that's a sign to stop maybe and check in. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying. That, like, if, yeah, if you're getting no response and the person is not making eye contact and they seem really uncomfortable, I mean, this is something we could be better at in conversation yeah. to each other just as humans, but certainly in sexuality. This Does that a- come off like I want that to be the best way to prevent sexual assault? Because I don't <laughs> think that. I'm just saying that it's a something we don't talk about as a way to interact with each other. No, it- so much happens inside our our hearts and minds when it comes to when you're in the bedroom with someone. And if you're not comfortable speaking up or you don't know how to broach something, but if you're seeing that somebody kind of shut down a little bit, maybe still go through the motions, but they're not actually yeah. really there, it's a good time to pause. I think sure. so. Also, I mean, maybe I just don't have enough. So I haven't had like a a string of, I don't have a lot of experience with like one night stands or things like that so maybe this is also coming from a lack of experience of you know maybe if you're with a partner for the first time you're not aware of the fact that they're shutting down that could totally be true Mm -hmm. but I feel like it's to me it's pretty obvious when something isn't happening yeah I like that we got into the I mean these are important general things we for anybody serious yeah we got this is, serious this is important we got serious okay top three hmm, I hate to Shut it down at three, but top three variables that you pay attention to when you're with someone to tell you that they're into it. Oh, that's great. Well, so number one, I think totally eye contact, right? That's, that's for sure it for me. Okay. Yes. Like Like you're kissing them and you pull away and you like. Yes. 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 I also am a big proponent of the occasional open-eyed kiss. Like, just get right in there, fucking look at each other in the eyes. Also, like, women are... <laughs> I just took my eyes like... Yeah. Also, women are, like, super into eye contact. So if you're a woman that's trying to learn how to get into being with women, that is going to work. Also, if you're a dude who doesn't understand why you're not having success specifically with women, I don't know if this is something that affects men as much, but I think women really use eye contact as a way of determining whether or not they're being heard. Like, dudes are used to being heard, but I think that women, like, really appreciate being looked at in the eyes. Uh, There's a whole uh, cultural phrase about my eyes are up here. Like, what is that from? That is women wanting to be, like, connected with in their Mm -hmm. brains and minds. Connection is uber, like, Eyeballs. Look in them eyeballs. (laughs) That's what it is. Eyeballs. Hottest word. Yeah. Uh, Also, um, I think there's a... So I think there's a general misconception that, like, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm totally going to say this. Like, uh, God, is it, am I really going to say, like, humping or, like, moving your bod? I feel like a lot of times women that are learning how to be with women or trying to figure out how to be with women assume that it'll be, as I'm saying, like, it's kind of like, it's like touching but from afar mm-hmm. it's all or, hand there's a lot of mashing going yeah on. there's like mashing and it's maybe they're sitting up i don't know like but go ahead and get right on top there yes. you should feel like it it's it should you know it should look as i said imagine a brad pitt movie where brad pitt is he's always like on top there's always somebody on top there's always somebody on the bottom he's always move there's mashing that's I, occurring but in like a 
I don't. Is there that, something socially wrong with me that I don't have like immediate sex scenes with Brad Pitt in them? In no, my not head? something socially wrong with me, but I wonder <laughs> if you're watching the right movies. Um, you should definitely know what Brad Pitt looks like when he does. I, I know. What I you guess mean, what though. I mean is like Hollywood sex, mm-hmm. where they're climbing on top of each other and there's like some grinding happening. That yeah. should happen with women. P.S. I point a lot. Great. In close proximity, so I'm pointing at your face. It's just like mm, I have. Some, mm. <laughs> I love it. Which water's mine? Oh, green, green, the green cup. Okay, the goblet. Um, when it comes to when I'm with a woman, because I mean, if I'm with a guy, usually I'll just straddle. Like I usually will straddle them, like in the makeout mm. phase and whatnot. But when I'm with a woman, I tend to intertwine legs. Like I find that that huh. tends to be more, sure. Not like in a scissory. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, you're not not scissoring because that's not real. But because scissoring like, is not a thing outside of porn. Like, if I could leave you guys with anything, it's not. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. When well, I want to. I want to. Let's get talk back more to about that. Definitely, but, but I find, and you have way more experience than me. I'm assuming in this girl. Category. I have so much experience. No, I'm oh just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Is I don't even know what you're saying. Is like, I feel like to get just logically, if our legs are intertwined, then we can both get our hips and thighs up against each other's. Absolutely. It just, it seems you're, like the best I thing I think you're ever. on the right track. But I also think that like the, so you're talking about legs between, which would be like kind of a typical missionary position. Like, like the, if the, you're talking about one person straddling the other. Yeah, if one person legs, is just, if you're chest to chest. I think so that can also work, but that's going to be, there's not going to be a sensation there. It's going to be like uh, an anticipation. If so I think. straddling the other person. Right. Yeah. So you're, you're right. There's not going to be, obviously if your legs are intertwined then there's going to be a possibility for a sensation but if your legs are not intertwined um no sensation but still still can be hot mm-hmm. as like a ooh this could happen next and i'll finally add the final thing so if there's a so if, there, if those are the two like which is like eye contact and like getting on just like getting into it not don't feel like it's it has to be soft or gentle or like heavy on kissing i think mm-hmm. it can be bods um, I think the final thing I would say is also, like, the lean-in. This should probably have gone before humping, but... Um, it was no particular order. <laughs> but if something is, if somebody is into something, some part of their body is going to be coming towards you. If somebody is leaning back away from you, this is not happening. And I feel like that is just another way of saying, like, I think we're not... We're not um, we're not really taught to read each other's signs very well. It's so like it's not like, something that anybody's taught. When you're, the more turned on you are, it's like the more you want every single part of your body up against this mm-hmm. person. You just absolutely want to smash them into the wall a little bit. Yeah, it's like when you find something really hot and you just want to like sort of almost hit them. <laughs> like you just want to get at them and like hold them and do things. Maybe that's just. I mean, no, I think you're right. Even the way that we are interacting, again, like I think that there's not there's. A, clearly a boundary between sexuality and the way we interact with each other in human lives that are not in our sexy times but it's not that different like if somebody's crossing their legs away from you and they're leaning back in their chair you should maybe you know i don't know you should uh you should chill out and see what's going on but also a sign oh i hate that because yeah totally they're probably not into you but sometimes maybe they're also a little bit intimidated or nervous i guess so if somebody is intimidated or nervous, do you think that's going to work out? That's my follow-up to that. Well, I guess that takes us into who makes the first move. And sometimes with two females, like I have been with 
hanging out with females or on a date with a woman and it's just this realization of like oh shit I think I'm gonna have to be the first move person (laughs) oh god I guess I gotta and it's because there is that who does the thing yeah I think that that's well first of all one cool thing about that is that you get to feel a little bit of the, the anxiety that men must feel oh yeah because I understand there's a big heavy burden to being the one that has to make the move I also think that for some reason men women across the board people have been but especially men have been given this idea that like people might be shy and then therefore you have to go after that person in a really aggressive way to go mm-hmm. back to what you were initially saying and like I generally think that that is not true mm-hmm. I think if somebody is really playing like they're not ready at that moment yeah. like they're gonna open their bodies to you when they're ready to mm-hmm. actually smooch you so mm-hmm. we can stop trying to hit on people that are like not at all physically responding with their bods I really think that's true I like and I'm I'm it could be more conversation even that's needed. Like it doesn't, mm-hmm. but also women should not be leaning away if they don't. This is what, okay. Little I, cues. I mean, you can move your hand like forward on the table. You know, you can do little things. Do you disagree with that? Not at all. I guess I'm more thinking, of course there's the, I mean, just even, I mean, that's a whole other podcast. That is a whole other it's podcast. It's just woman on woman hitting on mm-hmm. is, is a thing that, like my friend the other day was like, how do you, I was trying, I was trying. She was so cute. And I've been on a date with a woman. We get back to to her house. <laughs> we've had a wonderful date and we just, and, we, and we've known each other. So it's, it's not like a blind date. And everybody and we, knows it's a date. Yes. Everyone is, it was officially a date. Okay. And then we just sort of sit on her bed talking about stuff. And then there's just this silence of like, like we both know we're, we're all there for the same reason. And we, and See, that to me is the best. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's where we're different. I mean, or just like, God, those moments are so great, right? I mean, because then if In something hindsight. does... Yeah, I guess so. But like, if something does happen, it's going to be good or whatever. But like that moment before it happens, that's the best moment. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, this is maybe going to happen, but I don't know how to make it happen. Like, that's the best part of all. Like, that's so good. Um yeah, you're right. I mean, it is something to negotiate. Who's gonna do? Who's gonna do the traditional, the traditionally dominant roles are always something that's gonna negotiate. But I would also say that, um, I think dominant, I think personalities that are dominant and submissive, and I use that because I don't have better language. I don't actually mean that somebody's submitting. I guess I mean typically someone who's more action oriented. Yeah, I yeah. wish there could be a better because it it is like male and female dynamic but yeah. there but that's not really what that is it's just what our societal creation of of men and women that still exists in in, in relationships between women there's always going to be because when people say like who's the man that's not a thing but there is a who's pro air coats man right because there's yeah there's going to be the also like two people are never going to work out just as a relationship when one person is like loud and aggressive and a go-getter and then the other person is Loud and aggressive at a go-getter. Like, those two people don't usually end up together. So it is, there's a balancing there. You want to yin and yang your shit. Yeah, you want to yin and yang your shit. Yeah. I, that's exactly what it is. I would say passive and proactive. Thank or you. active. Yeah. But even passive isn't really, I think of it more like, it's like, I don't know, Someone like giver, receiver. What is the best, yeah. Well, if we're talking about just who makes, like, just even the first kiss type. Yeah. Stuff, the first move. Like, I've been in enough circumstances where it's like I have a sense 
that she's into it. I'm. We both clearly, um, we know each other. We like each other. She's not doing anything, but I, I, I know. And then if I go, Sandra, damn it. I'm scared. I'm uncomfortable. But it feels right. I want, you know, and then I'll be like, can I, can I kiss you? And they'll be like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, okay. And then we're, and then so we're in. So that's great, right? It, it, you know, it is great. It's, it's just, it's funny because when it comes to male-female interactions that I, I have, not that they always make the first move, but I think that there's a lot more telltale signs that they are a yes if I do make a move. Oh, there it is. Well, I was going to say, I mean, is that, do you think that that's an assumption that men will always be into it and women won't be into it? Like just a, not, not you, not your assumption, but in general, all oh, of our assumption, which assumption. is that like men are always up for sex, but women have to be kind of worn down, right? That's like the. Which is completely inaccurate. It is inaccurate. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we carry some of that with us in our brains it's, you know, how we were raised. And then even in that moment when you're on that date, you're, when you're with a date, when you're on a date with a guy, you specifically might be thinking, oh, he's into it. If I make the first move, he's going to be into it. But then we, if you're on that same date with that chick, you might be thinking, is she into it? I'm not sure. Because we don't like, f- like the idea that women don't watch porn, like that that's something that people still think. Mm-hmm. Do you watch porn? I totally watch porn. What kind of porn do you All like? women should watch porn. It's handy. It's definitely handy. <laughs> it's handy. Ha <laughs> um, I think a little, I think, I think women want to watch porn. I think it's, it's this idea of like women are, again, like have to be passive. So, so that woman, she's probably having the same thought about you, right? Mm-hmm. How do we get this started? But mm-hmm. both of you could assume yes. that the other's into it, mm-hmm. but you don't. Mm-hmm. because that's not what you were taught and communication needs to come into it to, yes. to clarify that yeah that which is how you get really good at communication when right. you're a woman because you have to communicate right. because nobody taught you when your right. entire kid for your life you know do you tend um, to be more active or the first mover first move maker you know what's so funny is i i don't know if i've ever made the first move which oh, is crazy snap. because i'm like a very the hotness over here i'm a very dominant personality mm-hmm. Uh, generally with the women that I date, but, uh, I tend to do like a, I have a move. It's a very funny move. <gasps> okay. I no, well, no. What's the context of this move? Where are we at in the relationship? Um, even just, so this is like a flirt move and I don't know that I didn't know that I was doing it for years until, uh, one of my best friends who's a guy pointed it out to me, mm-hmm. which I thought was awesome because he like saw what was happening. Um, a straight man, like, that's so great uh, because this is not his flirt move. He was just like, this is totally your flirt move. Uh, and so my flirt move is that I will uh, lower my voice. And uh, this is to, this is all. Can you just do it as you tell no. me? No. <laughs> oh, I, I, really I, uh, I lower my voice and I lean away with the top part of my body, but like towards with the bottom part of my body. So oftentimes this will happen at a bar and I will find that I am like leaning on the bar with like my legs and kind of hips out it's a flirt move that i have used many times and then women close the gap isn't that weird i know it's Does weird it mean that your pelvic like the fairy like your belly button that is would be like them? that would be like what would be the fur- the furthest thing out yeah but that that is like are you are your hips square to them yes but is that your chest is angled away and leaning back Maybe. Are, you, are you just, I mean, like if I'm facing you right now, 
am I leaning? Am I doing your flirt? Yeah, move? you're doing it right there. That's just it. Just leaning back, yeah. or do I need to be a little bit like this with my shoulder? No, no, at you're, you? no. Like the open, like you're open. Okay, you're open to it. So clearly signaling. See, that's a wonderful mixing of moves. Where you're signaling interest and signaling disinterest at the yeah. same time. So right. kind of creating a safe zone of invitation. Exactly. Oh man. Exactly. It's a safe zone of invitation. That's Ooh. exactly what it is. That shit totally works, by the way. <laughs> Even like, oh, I just met you and we're at a bar right now? Or? Uh, yeah. I've had it work in that situation. Cool. And then they, so they close the gap. They, I'm, ass, I'm assuming all women. So like ever... we're talking, here's what happens. We're talking and uh, I'm, for a while, if we're talking, I'm doing a lot of eye contact and then I'm like leaning forward. But then before anything is going to actually happen, okay. then that's when I'm leaning away, which because I'm I think it's because I'm a dominant personality. I think in that moment, it like allows for. Like them to be the person that to earn it, well, not just earn it, but like <laughs> to not be scary, I guess, to not okay. be like overbearing or overpowering or intense in some way that felt uncomfortable oh it's helpful also have you accidentally done this not realizing it to people that you didn't want to invite oh <laughs> uh, like i thought that camera was flirting <laughs> with me i thought she was into it i think what has happened is that sometimes i have been flirting with people without knowing it that's the funniest thing is when that happens you know what i mean when you're like i mean you know that that's happening but you're just not super aware of it in the moment being a friendly person and apparently I make a lot more eye contact than the average Angelino. <laughs> totally. Definitely, I'll notice. I'm like, I think I'm creating weird feelings in them with the way everything is. I should probably, you know, and then I'll tone down everything. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is that that is like a woman-specific flirt move. And I also n- still, because of, you know, being raised in a, like, heterosexual society, I can flirt with men, but it looks totally different. And I also, that's usually when I'm like, I never want anything to happen from that. But it's just sometimes that. forward and punch them in the arm and pull their hair? Yeah. Like, that's how you flirt with men, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, ha, 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 ha. And then like, (laughs) yeah, like lightly tapping their shoulders in a (laughs) playful way. Um, But that stuff, I, I don't know. Does that work? What do women do? When they're with, when they're trying to get, ma- I don't, I don't know. know. I think they, your asymmetric, you would toss your asymmetrical mane around. Yeah, exactly. And, um, Put the long side jokes. forward, and <laughs> right, thumb it up a little. I will yeah. tell you, seeming completely disinterested does seem to be really confusing to men. <laughs> but also available for friendship. Yeah, like that that must be more complicated for you than it is for me because you have clear definitions of, of yes. How you date. And I think anytime you have like an openness to the types of partners you would consider, then that means that more people can assume that you might be a partner of theirs. Question. Creating new friendships with a woman, if let's say you both identify gay or queer, in which you could be dating, Mm. you could be just friends. Is there a check-in about that at some point? Does it get ambiguous? You know, I don't, I think that, What's weird is that most of, so most, I actually, most of my friends are straight. Mm-hmm. Not even bi. Like, not even, they don't even necessarily identify with being on a spectrum. Um, but I do have a lot of gay female friends, and all of them are partnered. Because it's hard, I think, to navigate what you're talking about, because the numbers are so small. You know, it's like, 
you're dealing with there this, are jokes about that. I'm yeah, you're dealing with this like teeny segment of the population, and so if you're not trying to date that person, it's almost like you should like let them go try and find the person that they are dating. I, I did recently make a new friend, and we have been trying to figure out how to hang out. She's a single gay gal. I'm not a single gay gal, and we've been trying to figure out how to hang out, and it is hard because like I don't want to go to like a a club necessarily because it's like always very sceny mm-hmm. because since there's such a small number like if you're going to a club you're cruising going yeah you're cruising you're going to a club and so it almost feels like I'm like wasting people's time I'm confused. you know so then coffee I guess is what you have to do you have does to that, do coffee or you have to hang out in a big group does that mean that you and the single lesbian friend are trying to figure out how you two can possibly coexist in, in a world yeah. and friends yeah yeah where she only wants to go to lesbian places and cruise? And do you want to be her wingman kind of a thing? Not that she only Wing wants woman, to do that, me. but I think... So I've also had the thing where it's like me and a partner and then we have one friend. Like, mm-hmm. hang. that kind of a thing can work, I think, sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I just think... So there's some people that are single and that's how they want to stay. But if you're single and you're a gay woman and you don't want to be single there's a very specific place you have to go like you have to go cruise or you have to go on dates from yeah. okay cupid or whatever like it's not gonna happen to you and it's not gonna happen to you i mean maybe if you're at like some lesbian barbecue or like pool party or something like that but it just doesn't happen in the world so you have to like really go seek out and find it so i feel like there's a really specific like your social life becomes very oriented towards the seeking of that like you're just I don't no, know. I, yeah i'm definitely aware of the numbers are smaller isn't that crazy yeah and it's hard to guess with people if you're like oh i like this girl but oh crap she's not into girls nah, like you want to be in a place where you don't have to play that game as much yeah i think so i mean i also think especially if you're if you're somebody who's been dating women for like a really long time the I don't know. I mean, have you dated or have you seen um, women that have been dating exclusively women for a long time? I well, think it's hard. I think that matchup is hard. I think it's easier for bi girls to be with other bi girls than for a, bi girl a lesbian be. and a bi girl to date. Well, for anybody I know, just having community that supports you in your lifestyle is important. Yeah. Um, I want to get back to scissoring. Oh, so, let's, so, let's, let's, uh, yeah, I want to get back. Bring it home on scissoring. Um, I have never straight up scissored because it's never come up as a thing that made sense in a, in the moment. <laughs> I don't think any women do. I have like multiple public service announcement jokes about this. I don't think it's actually a thing. I think it's something that dudes who are shooting porn like saw two Barbies and they thought that their bodies could go together like that. I don't actually think that women do that. Okay. If, if if two bodies align in a straight line, heads away from each other, why am I not putting the mic to my mouth when I say that? Like you can get vulva to vulva. And the idea, any women do this, but I think the idea of my vulva against somebody else's vulva, that seems like a hot idea, but the logistics of, of, of being with someone, it's more hip to, 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 vulva like in terms of you want something to kind of press up against as you're getting turned on i guess so i mean would that even it just sounds like it would be complicated and unfun 
I can't see where the fun is in it. I'm actually being serious. I, I would love for any listener that has ever done this to like <laughs> send you an email and then you can forward it to me so that I at least know one person has done this. Cause I do outside of porn. I don't know any women that have ever done this. I've what I've seen in person is one woman lying on her back with her knees up in the air and then another woman being perpendicular to her body, like just sort of on her knees and kind of coming in that way hmm. so that the bottom girl's knees are up, vulva kind of toward the ceiling a bit, and then her kind of Was grinding. like a party? Yes. But See, the I think I there were that, no men there. No, I don't even mean like for a show-offy thing. It's just like a party... You're going to try anything. It's like, <laughs> it's like a circus. Like, and I don't mean that. Like, it's not. And I'm not True. saying it's not yeah. real, but it's like you're going to whip out your tricks. You're going to be like, oh, you can do that. I can do this. Like, <laughs> if anybody there can do a headstand, they're going to do a headstand to, like, make that happen or something. But It's true. It's I just true. think actual, um, like, partnered mm-hmm. or maybe maybe there's more than one partner. But if it's in a bedroom and it's private, I think most people are trying to do things that work for everybody that aren't necessarily that acrobatic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same thing that it's like hilarious. Remember, remember like all those, like all those books that are like a five bazillion sex positions. <laughs> you're just like, nobody does. Nobody, nobody does, does that. that. <laughs> nobody does like reverse upside down ice cream cone. Like nobody does that. Nobody does that. People are exploring, like you explore different things mm-hmm. that work for your body. But I just mean like, what you Cosmo's thought. listing of like <laughs> butterf- like butterfly baby or whatever it is that they're trying <laughs> to sell you. Those are not nobody's doing that. Oh my god, you should totally do stand up. You're so funny. Okay, great. But nobody does that. Nobody, nobody does that. It's, except for that one person who's listening to this feeling unheard. In which case, I acknowledge that's what I'm that saying. You... Send you an email. I want to read what your life is like. I want to read about it. I want to read. <laughs> okay, um, double dildos. How do you feel? I also don't think that those are used as much as, because uh, I think those are kind of like a joke that like, oh, this is what lesbianism is. It's like scissoring and double dildos. I don't think those are a thing that actually pop up that much. I mean, ha, they do pop up, but um, <laughs> I know they're sold. And again, I'm not trying to like shame anybody who does use that. I just think that, I think toys are great. I also think most... Women that I know, my experience has been that toys are like a fun thing to bring into the bedroom, but not something that is only utilized. And also that like less complicated tends to be better. And I'm not saying complicated connection. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, I I know of things that aren't specific to people's genders that they can do with double dildos, partnered, alone, three. Yeah, you know, totally. there's. It can fit into play, but just, like, I I have this little pile of unopened sex toys like, in the corner, like, right next to my bed. You can't see it unless you're, like, actually over in that corner because <laughs> it is just things where it's, like, I just know that they will come in handy. Being a sex educator, you just get stuff. And one of them is this unopened silicone, great quality, double dildo, and every time, I'm like, maybe... It's just there's never a point where it comes up like, oh, clearly what we want to do, right? It's just, it doesn't, I don't know why I... Can I I make a hilarious suggestion? (laughs) This is what I think. I think that like all of those things, I mean, I am pro 
a sex toy store. I am pro like reading books about different positions you can do and I'm pro uh watching porn to like get turned on and find things that are sexy that are new. I'm I'm super pro uh finding what works for you. But I also think like we're adults that are busy. Mm-hmm. And like there's a reason that you have a bunch of unopened sex toys in the corner of your bedroom. I think when it gets right down to it, most people, a lot, most of their sex is like, what can happen for you at that moment? And I'm not saying that's not exciting. I'm just saying, like, all of the ways that I specifically think this is true for lesbian sexuality. People think it is very complicated. That involves a lot of toys. That involves a lot of, like, weird positions as, I'm, as we're talking about all these different things. And I just mm-hmm. think it's like, I don't know, man. You have to... Like, it's about connection with that other person. That's why you're doing it, especially over the duration of a long – like, a, if, you're, if you're in a partnership, you're doing it because, number one, it feels awesome. You need that release for your body, but also because it's, like, a way of connecting with that person, and you're going to focus on that, I think, as opposed to, like, all of these other things, which – not discounting them as great things, but I bet that pile stays unopened, <laughs> and that doesn't mean anything about your sex life or, like, that you should work it in. It just means, like, fuck, you're, like, having – Adult connected sex. Yeah, yeah. I. You know what I mean. I mean, you're. Is that a weird thing to say? Uh, you preaching me choir. Yeah. <laughs> Is, you don't need it. I mean, you can use it. It's fine. And you should use it sometimes. It's just like I think standard sex looks the same for almost everybody. I really do. You just want to get up there and rub up against them, and it's like get those nerve it's endings like, off. Yeah, get your get your nerve endings off, and also like have a moment with another person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know there are some people for whom that moment with another person isn't necessarily like a big deal. You know, like, this isn't my partner that I'm going to be with forever. It's one night stand or whatever. You're still engaging in mm-hmm. something that connects you to another person. Yeah. It's still about, like, fulfilling our need to feel like we're not in a lonely universe. I'm going to consult my notes. Okay, great idea. All right. Because clearly this is uh, 20 different podcast episodes. Um, it I'm- is. We've really gotten... Yeah, around a lot, and we're we're almost at the one hour mark. What? All right, dude. How are you? How are you holding up? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, I feel good. I feel like we got. I feel like it was a little. Sorry if it was all over the place. There were just so many things to discuss. No, we've only really covered cunnilingus in terms of female. Well, we've talked about orgasms. But we try and here at the Sex Nerd Sandra podcast, I try and you know how can this be applicable to different body types and whatnot. And since this, oh. is, this is no, but this one I wanted to really make space for when women and women come together, and I like that there was a lot of kind of a lot of preliminary work around just the dating and mm-hmm. the how do you come together and all that because there is a lot of ambiguity around that. Um, I would like to touch on. Um, what you are using, like, how are your hands an extension? Um, also, what do you do when your hands get tired? I, I know what I, the ergonomics of hand and wrist care when you're up in what you're doing. And if there are any particular moves that you found work well or that people talk about being great. Because a lot of people think about it like, play with the clit, play with the clit, play with the clit, poke, 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 you know, finger, finger, finger. Um not a lot is talked about in terms of like vulva massage and just all over feel, feel good. But hmm. Just yeah, I mean, I think one thing is okay. So number one, you can you really can use your hands for a lot of different things because what's awesome about so it sucks. I think one of the saddest things about being a lesbian is that 
you're never going to say, as we were saying in the earliest part of the podcast, like you're going to, if we're going to have that Lego click between your genitals, that is a bummer. Like, because that does feel like a loss. You do wish that you could do that, Mm -hmm. but scissoring, I don't think is the option is the answer. I don't actually know that there's an answer, but there's also a lot of benefits. And one is that like your hands are really, um, I mean, we're so good at using our hands in a way that I actually think like people are not always great at using like their genitals. Like a dude might not actually know the different ways that he can use his dick. So it's a great word. Yeah. Yeah. So it's (laughs) awesome because like we actually do have to know how to use these things. Um, And I would just say in terms of if you're getting tired, uh, push through. And I don't mean physical body parts. I mean like it is tiring and I think it does sometimes get crampy. And uh, the answer is to uh, do some deep breathing exercises and keep going. I don't usually tend to stop for reasons of hand cramping. Just, just do you do exercises to strengthen? No, no that's the best question I've ever had. Ever. No, because I'll, okay, or forearm because there's this lovely woman who. You know how there's that point where you're kind of exploring someone's body and you're like, oh, side to side, in, out, in, out. But then at some point you're kind of finding something that you can tell by their breathing is getting them somewhere and you're kissing them and you're saying good things or whatever it is. Yeah. I guess I'm talking about the more active person at that moment if you're focusing on – because there is the sort of we're both just humping the hell out of each other mm-hmm. and then there's where you sort of start to become the doer to sure. the person. Yes. And kind of take turns or whatnot. Yeah, fucky fucker. Exactly. There you go. And there's a point where you just know that they're right there around Mm -hmm. orgasm and it's the don't stop and you're already at the point where you want to almost cry. (laughs) I mean, is it just, is there just a mental determination that you're I feel like it's, I feel like it's this, okay, you gotta, you gotta Michael Phelps it. You gotta go into your place where you're gonna (laughs) fucking win that gold medal. Like, I just think you gotta push, push, I mean, I don't know how dudes do what they do like that's a serious amount of uh bod control like to like on top like when they're yeah the the thruster thrusty yeah i mean anytime you're having sex it's like things are gonna gonna happen to your bod that are not like what you want to you would really love to be laying down but uh, just statically like taking a rest but i just feel like i don't know my my technique has always been uh my technique, that's the grossest thing I've ever said. No, my, no. you're in my, uh, my, my advice is just to uh, stay the course. That's my thought. you got to stay the course. Or, like, take a break. I mean, I think, I don't think there's, I think, I think there's any woman who's going to be like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here if you're like, I need to take a break for a minute. I think she's going to be chill with that. Do some light icing. Right. I mean, I have my own. Calisthenics. Like, Go I to have that place. my. Order of operations. Like, I know <laughs> when when I start getting tired. Yeah. I mean, and of course, this can work on if you're giving someone a prostate massage. This is just for any hand play. It doesn't have to be yeah. female and female for sure. But it's just it's something, especially when you're there and then you're angled and there's some G spot action. But then they also want a slight curve like this. And then I think it's when it's a very specific thing that they want and that that is working for them. And then. As your muscles tire, 
your technique will get sloppy like that one little thing that they're into and then like it started as like a hook hook thing and then by the time they're like don't stop you're just like gripping your arm with your other arm <laughs> and then just shoving it in them with no you don't fucking care anymore you're just like i i love you you know and you're just like doing it i just it's i guess as long as it's working for them but i guess i like a certain amount of precision in terms of playing and at some point you just I get think sloppy. you're too serious about this. <laughs> I'm serious. I think I just think like and I'm not being judgmental on this. I'm saying I think that it sounds like to me mm-hmm. that you think when two women are together that they should be superheroes at figuring out how to do stuff for each other. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes you're just going to be exhausted and you're going to have to say like sweetheart this is not working right now. Even if she's not your sweetheart, you can say that in that moment because you're going to need to because if you're going to stop, you're going to have to call her sweetheart because it's like... Yeah. You know. Momentary sweetheart. Yeah, you're going to have to like mm-hmm. brace her for the mm-hmm. sweetheart. This is not happening right now. Mm-hmm. But I just... I, I don't think it's so serious. I mean, I know that... I also think that something like that would get easier over time if you were working with the same partner. You know, you could fig- you could cut to the chase of what you think works for them. But also, like, if they don't get there, I don't think it means that the that it wasn't, like, a valuable sexual experience. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do it in that moment, I think you just chalk it up to, like, the number of times that women are not satisfied by men, especially if you're dealing with another bi woman. You just have to be like, tonight was, like, the night that it just didn't happen, and you just got to chill for a sec mm-hmm. or let her finish the job. Mm-hmm. She can do it. Yeah. Team fun. Team fun. She knows how to do it. If anybody knows how to do it, it's her. It's her. Also, if nothing else fails, keep a Hitachi magic wand plugged in next to your bed. Yeah, I just think it's you. You haven't failed. There's no. It's just oh, about. And I know. I know you. But I. Yeah. I can tell you're like you're trying to get. You're like you want the answer, and I think that that's what sucks about it is like there's zero answers. Like there's actually actually it's not zero. There's uh, as many answers as there are women, right? Damn it, Cameron! You know what I'm realizing from this conversation? What's that? Lesbians are just people. Lesbians <laughs> are people. I guess that's why I feel like it's so important to talk about it, is that people think there's some magic answer or that it's so different. Or it relies so much more heavily on specific skill sets. Yes. And also that if you're with a guy and then on the side you're with women that, like, that's going to be so different from being with the guy that you're with. Yeah. I understand that bodies are different, and I also understand that men and women are different in some ways, but the give and take and the dominance and and the like passive dominance, like all of those things are present in every relationship and in every interaction. Like mm-hmm. there's going to be – the only difference, I think, is that um, women can have a slight – the benefit of the openness that they can talk to each other about it. Gals are great at chatting, as I was saying earlier. And also like, if you're doing that, it's already something that's outside of what's expected of you. And mm-hmm. so therefore you mm-hmm. can chat it up because you don't have to pretend like, you know, mm-hmm. cause like maybe there's a pressure with dude chick sex because it's standard. Maybe there's the pressure that, uh, you should know what you're doing, but Hey, what's rad is that, you totally don't have to know what you're doing. You can, it can even be cute. Like, it can even be attractive to the woman that you're with. That you 
it, want it to cute. ask her. It's cute. You know what annoys me is the assumption that if a man is going to be with another man, he automatically is going to be good at it because he understands penises. Totally. Vice and women with other women. Yes. That is annoying because, in okay, in your experience, is that, like, are women just really good at being with other women? Is that just <laughs> in the world of... No, I don't think so. I actually, like I said earlier, I mean, I think, this is my personal opinion, mm-hmm. but I think that bi girls and bi girls as partners for each other, I mean, as sexual partners, not as, like, dating partners, mm-hmm. um, or as both, I think that bi girls and bi girls are, they might have a more similar experience and they might be able to connect in a in a more like on par way i think like lesbians are awesome at sleeping with lesbians because that's who they want to sleep with and also like that's a specific identity but i agree with you that um i think across the board people have a really big confusion that like if that right there, you saying that dudes, I'm sorry, I'm pointing too. No, that that right there, you saying dudes, dudes thinking that dudes are going to be really great at being with each other because they all have the same equipment. Like that's one basis for, one of the biggest basis for homophobia is, is this idea that like, that gay men have a really similar sexuality to straight men. Like that it's just like, we're, they're doing the same thing. It's, they're doing the same thing that they would do to themselves. I think it's all about asking how to do it taking the time, figuring it out, mm-hmm. right? It's the same thing for a woman being with a woman. I just, the only reason I'm saying the difference, their differentiation between bi girls and lesbians is because bi girls sometimes are newer on that chain that's of what asking was, that question. That's what I was thinking is because, I mean, I have experience with lesbians and experience with bi women. And there is just the foundational experience where you sort of have enough of a spectrum of experience um, and confidence around what you've already done that you're bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. And a lot of bi women maybe are possibly still, and but there's also baby dykes who are like totally nervous and shy and maybe not sure. It's, it's really just about level of experience. I've yeah. Found. And also I think, I think there's also like a depth of feeling that happens for like those baby dykes that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, because a bi girl at that point may have had, a supreme attraction to a guy and being able to act on that. But like that chick that's in that same position that's with a woman for the first time or that is not into men, like for her, this is the first time she's actually having good sex. So I think it's a different, like then she is actually on a slightly different, like she's less experienced than a woman who's been with a man and enjoyed it. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, there's, there's a lot of different gradations of like things that we're bringing to like I, I also personally like I my personal preference is uh, women who now exclusively sleep with women mm-hmm. but who have had a experience with men because oh, yeah? I think it interesting it, that's that's my background and I think it makes it easier to understand and relate to each other I'm not mm-hmm. saying that everybody has to have the same background to be together but I think it helps sometimes especially mm-hmm. when you're talking about a sexual minority yeah an, uh, an orientation that's in a minority yeah so, anyway, mm-hmm. no, that's a really long answer to that question. Oh, it's good, though. <laughs> I, mean, I've, I mean, I've already come to the point where I've realized that sleeping with a lesbian feels very different than someone sleeping with a woman who's 
more closer to the one or two on the Kinsey scale, m- mm-hmm. more interested in men. There's a different, and I think that there's a more of a hunger and a little more of a open animalistic, just like let's just get at each other with women who are more closer to the lesbian identi- identity. Interesting. And and I tend to be with women more. I don't know. There's just there's sort of this softness, like oh yeah, with with um, women who tend to partner with men. And it's a little like I didn't really feel at home until I was m- more with just more queer lesbian identified women. That's interesting. So in terms of my experience, I feel at home there in terms of play because I can. Do, we're just gonna go for it. Yeah, you know, like let's just throw down. Like it's just, let's not what? <laughs> no, let's do it. And it, it's there's a little more of a, a heat, I think. There. Sure. I yeah. I mean, I I think, yeah, I think that. I mean, that's true for me, but mm-hmm. I I also know that some people. I guess it depends on what what are you valuing in the experience. Like, are you valuing the experience? Are you valuing the like, person? The person? Are you valuing? specifically but I mean different people are yeah. having sex for different reasons and I am totally talking from my because I we can be aware but really we're talking about personal experiences right totally now. right so well I just think like first of all I'm so glad that you're having great experiences with lesbians you're welcome on behalf of <laughs> I'm glad it's working for you that's great to hear does it feel like this is the opposite of what your expectation would be? No. Um, well, maybe. I guess maybe. I think I, I think I assumed that... Yeah, I think I assumed that you maybe had were having sex with women that had a more similar um, current experience mm-hmm. to what you're having. Oh, okay. um, but that doesn't... I mean, that's not a... That's what I think about mm-hmm. who, like, what gen... If we could talk about lesbianism, lesbians, I know that we're always talking about from our own experience, but if we could talk about lesbians, I think that there is a pretty strict divide between lesbians and bi girls. And um, I think it can be a harsh divide, too, because neither, like, talks about it. I feel like... But there are definitely rules. Like, mm-hmm. I do not sleep with bi girls or, like, well, I feel like bi girls would yeah. be interested in les- are interested in lesbians, but I've noticed that th- there is the lesbian who is tired of being the test dummy for the bi girl. Yeah, is that is that I part think, of? I think that's part of it, and I also think there's another part of it that's even um, deeper that d- isn't really talked about. I know it's super hot. It's in so here. hot in here. Wait, how do we make that better? I don't know. Sound. Oh God. Um, so you're wearing a sweater. I know, I know. Is that a lesbian thing? Is this part of your a sweatshirt? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm a zip up sweatshirt. Like, how are you wearing a sweater when it's so hot right now? Well, because I'm uh, because I'm a lesbian. Yeah, I, um, that's why. Uh-huh. I, I'm yeah. a lesbian, so I wear a sweatshirt. Uh, what were we just talking about? Oh, bi girls and lesbians. Yeah, there's a strict divide. I think part of it is frustration. I also think the other part of it is. Being able to understand where the other person is coming from. Shared experience. Yeah, like I – you asked me earlier what kind of porn I watch, and I like to watch gay male porn. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm into. Mm-hmm. I also n- know that uh, my partners who have been women that were strictly lesbian identified have had weirdly 
very similar taste in porn. And I think there's something to that. Like that is more what it is. I think it's like women that are, if we're on a scale, women that are like further into the spectrum of like, I still find men very attractive, but I don't want to sleep with them. And I think it's a lot easier for me to find another woman attractive who feels the same way, Mm -hmm. who finds men attractive, but doesn't want to sleep with them. Mm -hmm. I'm not super into women who don't find men attractive at all. I'm not super into women who want to sleep with men. Mm -hmm. Because I just think it's about, right, like you're saying, it's that shared experience of, like, understanding where the other person is coming from. I feel like it's just one spectrum of so many spectrums of how we find people in the world who match up with us. Of course that's true. Right. It's like, I have problems with my parents, but I love them. Or, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I don't don't mean that to I mean, what I'm saying is the many ways that we... We bond with others. Yeah, the many ways that we bond with others when we say, oh, that's weird. I'm from the Midwest. Oh, that's weird. Mm -hmm. I... You know, have a an adorable Italian dad. We're both allergic to peanuts. Yeah, oh. exactly. It is the same as that. Yeah. Oh God. Well, Love, kid. Sex, all those things. I think we solved it. Uh, yeah, we are done with all the problems of the world, except for lesbian bed death. We haven't. Um... I think you uh, you gotta just never get there. Just don't ever get there. Is it just not keeping up with your relationship and not cultivating a hot? Love life. I also think it's not. I mean, women are not taught to prioritize their sexual needs. They're not taught to like weave it into their day. Men are taught to masturbate during the day. They're taught to use porn. And I don't mean like taught in school. I mean, clearly, our society is teaching men if you if you are not having sex, something is wrong with you. Definitely, there's a pressure there. There's a pressure to be masturbating. There's Mm -hmm. a pressure to be like into porn. Yeah, because your dude friends will call you gay. So as the lesbian representative in this dyad, you're saying in this secret society of women-on-women bed death, this is a ridiculous term, I don't actually, I don't, it's, is it actually a plague on the house of lesbians or is it a urban myth? I think that it is something that has happened to women. I don't think it's, I think it's that lesbians are women and I think that women are, women are not taught they're not pressured into keeping up with their sexuality. In fact, quite the opposite. As you get older, you're taught to put away your sexuality. Like, now you're a mother. You're not a slut anymore. You're a mother. But men are taught to have to use Viagra. Mm-hmm. Like, they better have a boner for the entirety of their life or something is wrong with them. Okay. Women are ta- not taught that. Women are taught the opposite. Their sexuality has to go away. So if you take two women, mm-hmm. you put them together, and you oh, put shit. all that pressure to, like... You make a baby. Yeah, and you say also, like, be good mothers and be good at your jobs. There's nobody telling you, keep having sex. So we need to be the ones. Okay, you, you and I can be the ones right now to just say, keep having sex. You have now solved it. Now we've solved it because you, I've never heard it put that way. And I've asked lesbians specifically, tell me about this bed death situation. <laughs> and you're right. If there's no one in the household saying, this is a priority, let's have sexy time there is no sexy time i mean why do we think as a society that gay men are are crazy loose for their entire lives and like sleep with everybody why do we think that yeah which can also be a bit of a stereotype (laughs) right so it's a stereotype but the reason we think that is because we put so much pressure on men Mm -hmm. to have a boner for their entire lives Mm -hmm. so if you take two men together they're not a man unless they're having sex but that's not what we say to women. We don't say that to women. And I guess what I'm saying is that, like, I think that's bad pressure to put on those men. 
But there's a little silver lining in that, which is that we tell them that they should stay sexual. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we teach that to women at all. So let's just keep the good part where we say to everybody, like, stay sexual. It makes your body feel good. It also makes you feel connected to the people in your life. It also gets out, it, it also really helps to erase recent fights, I've found. Recent fights. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Like, like, when you're fighting. Sometimes you just need to do it. Sometimes you just need to do it. Yeah. Oh, my right? God. Can, do you have time for me to tell you one thing that's really special? Tell me the one thing. I had a group of uh, female associates who organized a um, all-girl gangbang for me. Like, it was just sort of like my friends, like, organized this because, yeah, I know. It's specific. And, of course, it's it was beautiful and I was nervous. And, and I haven't really talked about this on the show. This is a whole thing. <laughs> okay, I'm going to – I'm still listening. I'm just giggling. But part also. of it was at the beginning that we went around and sort of checked in about where we were at, what we were open to doing that night. Um, That's... And – Was it an Evite? Did we? I think there was an Evite involved. Shut up! I can't believe there was an Evite. <laughs> okay, keep going. And I was freaking out because, for whatever reason, my period had come early, and so I did the porn star trick of using a sea sponge to to kind of make it so that you didn't have that issue. Oh wow! And I was I I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, that's but something in Europe they do that. Um, but Americans aren't taught that you can use two sea sponges to where you can have sex um, on your period. Whatever. Um, you can just have sex on your period. I was freaking out all that day because I was like, fuck, they're go- I'm going to get fucked, but how, could, how do I get fucked when, oh, crap, all the strap-ons are going to go to waste. I need, oh, is this going to work? And I'm freaking out. We get to the circle. Half of the women are on their period, and, like, people start crying, talking about their feelings. Like, like this is before, like, after we break the circle, then we're going to start getting into So you put down a tarp. Time. <laughs> I mean, like people. It was mainly me getting getting the the shaft, literally. So it was, but it was hysterical that we were like using the term gangbang, and it turned into like this wonderful <laughs> half of us feeling a little emotional. Anyway, I just felt like sharing that. Well, <laughs> how did it go? It was great. It was absolutely great. Yeah. It, there's so many details involved in that situation. It's funny when I asked you to come, I had forgotten that that was part of the the pool of things that had happened. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, and then that gangbang happened. I forgot about that. Well, I have I have never had that experience, but um, I'm really glad that it was a positive <laughs> experience to you. And I guess it, if there's any other part that we could take out of that, uh, it would be uh, first of all, wow, I can't believe there was an evite. Also, second of all, that's amazing. That makes me so happy. Um, it's kind of all, you know what lesbians can teach all of us is that we don't need to have, we don't need to avoid having sex when we have our periods. It's okay. It's fine. It's just a, it's okay. It's fine. It's just another yeah. fluid. It's okay. Just do any of the precautions you would do with any other fluid. Right. Berries and stuff. Um, anyway, um, we do have, there is an episode on Cunnilingus. I realized that we didn't uh, speak on that specifically. So check out the uh, Snatch Attack episode. That was, um. <laughs> uh, your job is weird, but good, but weird. Only because you just said Snatch Attack. We're changing the world, Cameron. Yeah, you're doing a great job. I'm proud of you. I think so yeah. are you. Oh, thank you. In- an inspiration to all of us. <laughs> And so intelligent. My job is weird, too. So we have weird jobs. Where can people find you out in the world? So every Tuesday night in Los Angeles, I have a show at the UCB Theater that is called Put Your Hands Together. And you can come to that. It's a stand-up show. 
every Tuesday night, as I said. And then also Put Your Hands Together is on uh, is available as a podcast on iTunes. And uh, check that out as well. So it's called Put Your Hands Together with Cameron Esposito. Listen to that. It's jokes coming out of my face. It's good. Uh, Twitter and spell your name. Uh, my, my name is C-A-M-E-R-O-N-E-S-P-O-S-I-T-O. It's a serious name, but that's also my Twitter handle, at Cameron Esposito. And I would just, like, side note, Cameron's Twitter feed is, I mean, you know, some comedians are, like, funny and they'll have one-liners. Cameron is, she's committed to a series yes. of hysterical tweets. Like, like where it'll be, like, your whole, and now it's on your blog, I saw that. Yeah. About, like, how men can get into stand-up, because it's so hard being a man and getting yeah, into stand-up. Yeah, like, some tips. I put out some tips for men getting into stand-up. Like, I realize we talked about deep shit, but she's fucking funny. Like, it makes me mad, because I want to be funny like that, but no, she's really funny like that. <laughs> so get on it. Because we get each other, you, me, us, talking week to week. Feel me on that. All right. Love you guys. Thank you, Cameron. Yes, thank you so much. It was terrific. All right. All right. Go team fun.